All right, guys, and uh, thank you so much, Scott. Listen, if you've got your Bible, turn with me this morning to Mark chapter 4. I'm going to be starting in verse 35. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. You know, one of the things that Jesus does is something, and I've talked about I've shared this with you guys before. It's something that gets on my nerves when people do it to me. You know, uh, when people, when you ask a question or they respond with a question or something like that, Jesus was the master question asker. He asked questions, man, that had so much meaning and there were loaded questions and what's really interesting is that when you read the gospels matthew mark luke and john you'll see that jesus actually um asked questions over and over and over again you can barely read any conversation of jesus where he doesn't throw in a question right some kind of piercing question in fact he asked over 100 questions that are recorded in the gospels I and mean, he has so many questions and so this morning i want to look at one of the questions that jesus asked that kind of applies to us and where we're at in the world right now so let me give you the context of mark chapter 4 you're familiar with this story jesus was teaching from a boat right he was in the boat and pulled up on the shore and people are gathered around or and they're gathered around and jesus is preaching and then uh, uh when jesus gets done he says hey let's leave the crowd let's go over to the other side like he said let's get in the boat Let's cross over. So the boat, the boat, which was his pulpit, is now about to become his sermon illustration. And so in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35, will you look at it with me? Uh, so let's look at it together. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already Feeling. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever been in a boat before that you thought were sinking, but I mean, it can, depending on the situation, that could be terrifying, terrifying, right? It could freak you out. I remember my grandfather telling me the story about in World War II, he was in the Marines, who raw shot troop, devil dog, he was in the Marines. And so uh, he was on a landing craft that was about to hit an island in the Pacific. And he was on the larger transport ship. And as those landing crafts were uh, taken, going into the bays to go out and to go hit that island, uh, the larger transport ship was supposed to lower its ramp to a certain angle so that as those uh, those uh, transport ships, those troop transports, as it went out, those landing crafts, as it went out, it had the proper angle to take on water and to begin going. Well, they started it, but evidently the, the sailor who was in charge of that ramp had lowered it at too steep of an angle. And that first uh, troop transport, that landing craft, when it went, boom, all the men all the equipment, everything went straight to the bottom of the ocean, right? I mean, they're gone, man. And my grandfather was in the next landing craft, and he saw that boat sink. And he says, heading out of that transport ship in that landing craft was one of the scariest moments of his life. Convinced, man, as soon as we hit that water, we're going to the bottom of the ocean. Listen, if you're in a boat that's sinking, it could be a scary situation. And you kind of see what the disciples are thinking. They're thinking, hey, man, we're going to drown. Look at verse 38. Look at verse 38. He says, but he was in the stern. Jesus was in the stern, sleep, asleep on a pillow. It's probably the, the, the sleep comfort, the pillow guy. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? He's, nap, he's in Napville, okay? Napville. And then he arose, verse 39, then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. I love that. He rebuked the wind. I mean, what did he say, man? Whatever he said, it worked. But he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? 
He says, how is it that you have no faith? You've been with me all this time. You've seen everything that I've done. Why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? He says, guys, why are you freaking out? Look at verse 41. It says, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, around here in West Tennessee, where we're at, most of you have experienced, man, a storm, right? Tornadoes, you've sought shelter because of a tornado and storms. And, and you know that fear of, of looking at a radar map, right, on TV or on your phone, on an app, and seeing that storm system coming towards your home that's spawning tornadoes and things like that, right? We know how unexpectedly storms can enter our life. Everything's going good, then all of a sudden, boom, we're in the middle of a storm. But what's interesting is as you go through life, just living your life, sometimes everything can be so good, so normal, so right. Then out of nowhere, right, boom, a storm comes into your life. It could be you're thinking, man, everything's going good at work. I should get a raise. I'm probably next up for the promotion. And then you get laid off. Or you think, man, everything's going finally. Everything is finally going so good in our marriage and we've got peace in our home. And then somebody gets a bad doctor's report. Or maybe you're cruising along and everything is good. Your kids are now teenagers that are growing up. And then you find out, you discover that one of your children is making some really, really poor decisions. It changes everything. And all of a sudden, you're in the middle of a storm, right? In fact, what's interesting to me, though, if, if, is the fact that church people are sometimes the absolute best at hiding the storms that they're in. Church people are sometimes the best at pretending like everything's fine. Everything is okay. But on the inside, they are drowning. Some of you look totally fine on the outside and you're sitting there on your couch and maybe you've got your spouse and you got your coffee, you got your fuzzy socks on and everything is going wonderful on the outside. But on the inside, you know that everything really isn't okay. Everything really isn't okay. Hey neighbor, everything isn't going right. Right on the inside, you're sinking. Sometimes, man, you look so good on the outside, but the inside tells a different story. Uh, you go to sleep, when you go to bed at night, you're afraid. You cry yourself to sleep. Maybe you've never felt so alone in all of your life. Maybe you just feel pressure and stress, right? You're working hard and you're straining and you're wanting to provide and you feel that pressure and stress. But in that little part, back part of your mind that you would never share with anyone, you think to yourself, I don't know how long I can keep this up. I don't know how long I can keep this pace up, right? So even though you're blessed in all kinds of ways, man, you've got that pressure. And so you put on a smile and you try to make your way through the storm all alone, all alone. Now take a sec. I want you guys to take a second and be honest with me and be honest with yourself. Just, are you in a storm right now? Is there something you're afraid of right now? So much fear right now. Are you or somebody that you're close to in a storm? Are you going through a difficult time right now? Be honest with yourself. Because this morning, I want to show you specifically two things to remember when you're in a storm. Now, this story you may know, and these two things you probably know. I'm not, I don't want you to know them. I want you to own them and make it real in your life. And the first thing is, I hope you uh, uh, take a note this morning. The first thing is, in the storm, Jesus is with me. 
You know that, don't you? In the storm, if you're a child of God, Jesus is with me. Right there, right now, if you believe that Jesus is with you this morning, will you just testify to the goodness of God and just put like, amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah, or you might misspell it, amen, right there in the comment section. Give God the glory for the fact that he is with you right now. See, we know it, but do we own it? See, you're in the storm with his presence the presence of our good God. Mark chapter four, verse 37 again says, and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat it to the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Now, where was Jesus? Jesus, I'm gonna take a drink. Marcus, Jesus was in the boat. Now here's what so happened. Now people think, okay, especially new believers, you have this you think, all right, man, I've got Jesus. I've confessed my sin. I've got God. I'm, I'm, I got a right relationship with God. It's going to be smooth sailing from here and everything's going to be okay. That's not true. That's not what the Bible says. In fact, Jesus said in John 16, 33, he says, these things I've spoken to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the word. He says in the world, you're going to have problems. You're going to have storms. Jesus never promised us a storm-free life. In fact, the opposite is actually true. When you move from darkness to light, suddenly you step into the middle of a spiritual battle. You are in a spiritual battle. You're, you're going to run into the devil. What, what, I think it was Adrian Rogers that says, the reason why, some of you, the reason why you're not running into the devil is because you're running with him. But as soon as you turn around and you start following after Christ, that's when you're going to make contact with the devil. Christianity isn't a playground, man. It's a battleground against uh, the uh, forces of darkness, against the forces of light, right? To think, well, I'm with Jesus now, so nothing should go wrong is an absolute distortion of the gospel message. It's not true. It just ain't so. In fact, God never ever promises you that just because Jesus in the, is in the boat that the storm isn't going to rock you. God never promised that the storm isn't going to rock you. He promised that the storm wouldn't sink you, that the storm will never sink you because God is with me. He never ever promised that it wouldn't rock you, but it's never ever going to sink you because nothing can take you out of the hands of God. And I pray, man, that you find comfort, find peace, that whatever you're going through this morning, whatever is causing you anxiety and fear and stress and pressure and the burden and the heartache, that you'll find comfort in knowing that Jesus, man, he has not forgotten you and he has not forsaken you. He's in the boat with you. Jesus is with me. Now in the storm, Jesus is with me. Number two, write this down. God will use it. So Jesus is with me. Okay, okay, Jesus is with me and I'm going through the storm and there's even more good news that God is going to use it. God will use this storm in my life. I mean, think about it. Whose idea was it to get in the boat? Whose idea was it to get in the boat? Think about it for just a moment. Jesus was the one who said, hey, let's, let's take the boat and go to the other side. Now, why would Jesus do that? Why did Jesus do that? I mean, he's God, right? See, Jesus knew that on the other side, when they hit the other side, the shore there, across the sea there, when they crossed over, that there was a man there that was demon-possessed, and he was hurting himself. And Jesus was going to heal him. Jesus was going to heal him and change his life forever. So Jesus had a mission. He knew where he was going. But if Jesus knew there was a man that needed to be healed on the other side, Jesus also knew that there was going to be a storm in the middle. 
And so if Jesus said, let's go to the other side to heal this man, he knew he was going to heal that man. Jesus knew there was going to be a storm. What that means is they were not out of the will of God when the storm hit. They were not out of the will of God when the storm hit. As a matter of fact, they were in the storm because they were in God's will. They were in the storm because they were in God's will. Now, some of you are going to get mad at me right now, and I'm not going to go deep into this. You know, so are you saying that God caused the storm? You know, did God cause it or did God allow it? And all that? I'm not, I'm not trying to get into all that this morning, but here's what I know. God always uses the storm to work inside of us. God always uses the storm to work inside of us. In fact, I believe with all my heart, that's why James could say something as James, the half brother of Jesus said this in James chapter one and verse two, he says, my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The fact, okay, so the reality is I got to call it like it is. In our church, Grace Baptist Church, man, for those of you who uh, maybe uh, you're not that familiar with us and you're watching this, Grace Baptist Church is an incredibly diverse church. I mean, there are people in all stages of their walk with the Lord. There's some very mature, godly saints in our church. And there's also uh, people in our church family who are very immature in their faith, right? And, and they have some maturing to do. They still have some growing up to do in Christ. Yet, let me ask you, how does God mature us? How does God mature us? In a lot of ways, one way is through his word. As we get in his word and, and we get to know him and his word pierces us in our lives, he matures us as we discover our spiritual gifts and we serve others. He matures us as we're going through storms so that God does something in us while we're going through that storm because he's there with us. In fact, some of you, I would say between where you are, like where you are right now in your walk with God and where God wants you to be, the only thing keeping you from getting to where God wants you to be is that storm that he still has for you to go through. He still has a storm for you to go through so he can refine you and, and knock the rough edges off and get you to where he wants you to be. Matter of fact, do you know somebody? Do you know somebody who is just rock solid in the faith, man? I mean, just like a, an all-star. When you get around them, right, you could just, the Holy Spirit is just coming off of them. They feel so godly, so saintly. They're just so solid in their faith. They just have the peace of God, man. Do you know somebody like that? Let me promise you. If you know somebody like that, right, they know God's faithfulness because they've been through some storms with Jesus. They know the goodness of God because they've been through some storms with Jesus. They know, they've learned that there is a purpose in every storm because they've been through a storm with Jesus. God is often doing something in us and teaching us in the middle of storms that we couldn't learn any other way. Did God cause the storm? Did God allow the storm and, and all of those different things? I don't know. What I do know for sure is, is that he uses it. He'll use it in your life. Our faith is in the one in, who's in the boat with us, not in our good circumstances. Now, the disciples hadn't gotten there yet, okay? So they're freaking out. Water's coming in. Their boat's sinking. Jesus, we're going to drown. Wake up, Jesus. Jesus, wake up. Don't you even care that we're about to die? And Jesus is over there on his My Comfort Sleep pillow, and he's taking a nap. Look at verse 39. 
It says, and then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now, church, don't overlook this, okay? I don't, I don't want you to overlook this. I want you to pause right here for a moment and just give God a good amen, right? How awesome is God? How awesome is the fact that God, that Jesus says, hush up, and the wind stops and the waves cease? How awesome is that? Now look, go down to verse number 40. Look at verse 40. It says, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Why are you afraid? How is it you've seen everything that I've done up to this point, but yet you still don't have any faith? Verse 41, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let me tell you, when they got in the boat, they're calling Jesus teacher. Hey, teacher, rabbi, teacher teacher after that boat they're saying lord 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 why because he showed it he displayed it and because that's who he is so a lot of you right now man this morning you're in a storm and if you're a follower of jesus let me just if you know christ let me ask you a couple of questions why are you so afraid why are you so fearful why he's with you how is it that you have so little faith right why are you so afraid? Do you really believe that he's forgotten you? He hasn't. You're in a storm with the presence of God and he is for you and he is with you. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Why are you afraid? What do you have to be afraid of, Christian? Nothing. And as you get to know him, and as he matures you and does that work in your heart and he grows you through these storms that you're facing and you endure some storms with them, suddenly here's what happens. In the middle of the storm, right? Maybe you could be afraid because the boat looks like it's going to sink, but suddenly your hope is no longer in the boat, but your soul is anchored in the Lord, right? Your hope is no longer in the boat. Your soul is anchored in the Lord and that changes everything. Because he is on my boat, he dwells in me, he is with me, he'll never leave me, he'll never forsake me. He is, he's not just with us, man, he is for us. Second Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse number 7 says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Do you have that power? Do you have that love? Do you have that sound mind this morning, Christian? What about some of you, man, this morning? The truth is, uh, you, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't know that you're saved. You don't even know that you've been forgiven for sure. You don't have that assurance of your salvation. You've uh, Maybe you've been running from God. And maybe you're afraid this morning. The truth is, your boat's taking on water, and your boat is sinking. And you're going to drown. And there are some things for you to be afraid of. You should fear. You should be afraid. Uh, because the Bible is clear. It says that our sin has separated us from God. That because of the bad things that we do, because of our sin, that we deserve um, a punishment in a place called hell. And that if we go to meet our maker without uh, receiving that forgiveness from Christ, that we'll be condemned, man. That we will not be forgiven there of what we can be forgiven of now. And so the truth is, man, if you don't have Christ, your boat is taking on water. And the truth is, you've really got a couple of choices. You, you get to choose your path. You get to, you get to choose uh, which road that you're going to go down. Are you going to follow Jesus, man? 
Are you going to trust Christ? Or are you going to trust in yourself? Are you going to trust the one who's in the boat with you willingly and he will save you and forgive you? Or will you continue to trust in yourself only? The Bible says, do not fear. It tells us not to fear, not to be afraid, right? But that's a promise for believers because we have Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in us and with us. Why don't you right here, right now, call on the name of Jesus to save you and forgive you forever. You can, it's as easy as this. You can simply say, Father God, I'm a sinner. Lord, I repent. I return from my sin and I'm asking you to save me. Save me, Jesus. When you ask him and call on him to save you, he will absolutely forgive you of all your sins. That's a promise that we have from God. Have you received that free gift of salvation? Has God forgiven you of all your sins, right? Have you been redeemed? Hey, neighbor, have you been forgiven and washed clean from all your sins? Why don't you do it? And when you do that, he's in the boat with you, man. You don't have to do this on your own and you'll be forgiven and redeemed forever. Listen, guys, I'm so excited for the time that we spent together. But if you don't know Jesus, man, why don't you pray that prayer right now? Matter of fact, why don't you go to that link that's uh, up above in the uh, header section of this video. You go to that link and shoot us a message, man, and we'd love to pray for you. If any of you have prayer requests, hit that link, send it to us. We would love to pray for you. But Grace Baptist Church and all of you who are watching, man, I want you to know that God loves you. He is for you and you have him. You have nothing to be afraid of. Let's close out with some worship from Scott Diffie.